Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast, your home for all things tabletop sports. I hope you'll take a minute to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I'm James Cast, and this is episode 46. Today we're going to do part two of building the narrative in History Maker Baseball as we take a look at the drama charts and the mini charts. If you want to discuss anything related to tabletop sports, check out my Facebook page, Tabletop Sportcast, or send an email to tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. You can also support the podcast on Patreon, and a link will be included in the episode description. Before we get into today's main topic, let's take a look back at the week that was on the tabletop. So this past week saw the end of January and the beginning of February, and the end of January didn't go great for me in terms of getting a lot of things on the tabletop. Um, I ended up leaving town for a little while and only took one or two games with me for my trip and really didn't have a ton of time for gaming. So most of my last few sessions scheduled for January just didn't take place. But overall, it was a successful month for me in January. I was able to get my two big um, primary goals complete. And I also was able to uh, get a grand total of 52 gaming sessions in for the month of January. Uh, 15 different games made it to the tabletop. And probably what hurt me the most was I set a schedule and it wasn't in line with some of the projects that I was trying to work through. So as I've mentioned before, like I think that's probably what I've changed my approach for February is thinking more about, okay, what are the main goals here? And for me in February, it's going to be uh, working on my WWF Superstars project to get that finished up. I want to get about four more sessions of that in and, and then call that a wrap. And then I've also started a new cooperative event. It's a, the 1980 Olympic Hockey Tournament. Uh, we're going to be doing that with Hockey Blast. So those are the two main projects, and I'll be putting a little bit of time in there. Uh, we've also been doing, a group of friends have been doing this uh, 2022 Pro Football Showcase, so I'm hoping to see that come across the finish line. And then I'll start working on some of the other projects that are coming up due in the next couple months, and especially like 1990 like NFL season replay with Fast Drive Football and the uh, 2021 Fury Hardball World Cup. So I've built my month for February around those and then sprinkled in some other gaming sessions that I wanted to take part in or, you know, just get across the finish, uh, get on the tabletop. So for this past week, uh, it, you know, like I said, it was fairly light. I got a lot of uh, Legends of Boxing in. Um, I've progressed Chris DeCannon Carter up to the point now where his next fight will be a national uh, level title fight. So he's got enough points there. Um, I think this past week probably got in about, uh, let's see. Um, really only got like two more fights in, um, his total record now is 13, 0 and one with eight knockouts. Um, he had another knockout in his last fight. Uh, this one was a clean knockout, not a TKO. So 13, 0 and one with eight knockouts ready for his next title fight. 
I also uh, played a head-to-head game with second season. Uh, first time really playing head-to-head for the full second season. Uh, went pretty well. Uh, we used uh, Reggie Bowers' uh, tracker, which really helped speed the game up. So that is something I'll probably look to use in the future. Uh, if you haven't seen that, it's it's a great stat keeper and allows you to enter in all your results for second season. And that was a head-to-head game for this pro football showcase we're doing. So played head-to-head with Harvey Couch. Um, he won. He got it. He got the best of me in that one. 27-21, Tampa Bay over New York. I also uh, started my next History Maker baseball project. And this is my Tom Seaver, uh, what if he had been on the 1985 Mets. And I'm basically giving him the starts that Ron Darling would have had. And his first start was against John Tudor and the Cardinals, and the Cardinals took the win. Uh, they got the win five to two. So Seaver, who you know, this is the year that he should win three hundred games. So we'll see if he can do that with the Mets. And his first start, he went six innings, gave up seven hits, four earned runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts, uh, and was pulled for a pinch hitter in the uh, bottom of the sixth. Played some History Maker Golf. I've, I had started my all-time great tournament season, so they stayed in Hawaii after their first event at the Palman Orchard, and, and this time was a Diamond Head Country Club. Uh, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer once again battling at the top, and this time it was Palmer who took the win. Nicholas actually faded down the stretch. Last few holes had a double bogey and a couple other bogeys. He ended up finishing third. It was Palmer who took the win, and he went by by two strokes over Ben Crenshaw, who actually shot the low round. Um, Crenshaw had a great day. He actually had gotten a, a special – he was one of the uh, golfers who got a chance to have a, a perk, and his perk was that he controlled holes with a four in addition to six um, and, and whatever else you would normally had. So he was able to really control his game and – uh, Crenshaw shot a 64, which was not quite the course record. Uh, that's still going to belong to Sergio Garcia, who had previously shot a 63 for me at Diamond Head in my final foursome project. I got my, just this morning, played uh, another uh, race with Red, White, and Blue Racing uh, using my 1990 stars. Uh, the Bristol International Speedway 500, uh, Dale Earnhardt, uh, took the checkered flag after making a move on the final turn. Uh, he was in the number two spot. It was a, uh, I believe it was a skill check for him and uh, no, a heat check. And he had a chip. So he actually won it with the check, but he would have won it with the chip either way. So, uh, so Dale Earnhardt gets a big win, moves up the rankings a little bit. And I got a brand new game. This was not a sports game, but I'll just mention it real quick um, uh, just because it is one of the things I got in this week, and it was called Under Falling Skies. Uh, it's it's very much, I think it's by like, uh, I forget the name of the company, like Czech uh, Tabletop Games or something, but uh, plays very much like a tabletop version of Space Invaders, uh, one of my old favorites from back in the day. Uh, so I played that a little bit this uh, yesterday as well, just to kind of get a feel for that game. And that was it. So just a kind of a slower week, uh, not a ton of stuff, but you know February's off to a good start. I'm, I'm on track right now for February, and that's really the main goal here for me. Um, 
yeah, so, you know, February, again, uh, really excited so far with this new cooperative event. Uh, we still have the other one going on. We're still doing the 1961 uh, Continental League, uh, and hopefully we keep that moving forward. Um, but right now, I really had planned on doing this other event, which is going to be the 1980 Olympic hockey. You know, the Winter Olympics is going on right now. Uh, a little bit of a feel to 1980 again this year with the actual Olympics because the NHL uh, decided not to send their players. So more of an amateur team again for the USA. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like in the actual Olympic tournament. But we're going to replay that classic 1980 Miracle on Ice and see how things go. Uh, so I got a good group of guys together for that project and uh, we're underway. So um got about 35 games total and if you're interested i'll put a link to the sign up sheet in the uh, description and if you would like to join us uh feel free and I'll, we'll throw you a game your way so you can take part in this great project that we're doing all right and that's it for the week in from my tabletop and let's turn our attention now to our main topic for the day as we continue talking about how to build the narrative in history maker baseball so the next phase of our building the narrative is going to focus on the first couple charts you find in your results book, which are the drama charts. Now, the only way to really get to these drama charts is from the main chart. There are a couple of results scattered throughout, mostly with um, section one and section two, lead die one, lead die two, where the result can drive you towards the drama charts. Uh, there are a couple places also in some of the mini charts uh, and beyond that will also take you to the drama charts, but uh, yeah, mostly on the mini charts. But we're going to focus mostly on on the mini charts to start. Uh, we will, um, the drama charts to start. Uh, so there are two types, there's actually three drama, tr drama charts, having trouble saying that word. Uh, there's an infield drama chart, which is basically um, some kind of tough play in the infield. Then there's the outfield drama chart, which would, of course, then be a tough play for the fielder in the outfield. And then there's a plate drama, which is mostly going to test the abilities of the pitchers and catchers. So. The descriptors on here, and again, we reinforce a little bit of the narrative that we saw in the main charts uh, with some of the descriptions here of the results. In most cases, the way that these are built is to test the fielding ability of a specific fielder, uh, unless we're talking about plate drama. So we're going to focus right now on infield and outfield. We're going to test, for the most part, the fielding ability of a particular fielder to see how they do in making a play. The And in the outfield drama, there's also a possibility to test the speed of the outfielder. So this is where having a lumbering outfielder can also hurt you a little bit. The same rules apply in terms of like the lead die and the narrative that's from the main chart uh, in terms of the types of balls that are hit. And you hear that a little bit here with uh, the descriptions. So for instance, we mentioned how like on a ground ball that has a lead die four, five, or six, it usually means it's a slower hit ball, maybe a tougher play. Uh, the runners are gonna be able to advance and, and 
if you're able to make the play, then the field, you know, the batter's going to be out. And we can hear this a little bit in in some of that too. Um, for instance, here's the uh, the play for the four six result, uh, and and you'll notice here too that while the main chart involves three dice, you would roll three d six. On the drama chart, you're going to roll two d six. So there's only going to be two numbers. So the charts are a little bit smaller. This will be the same as what we'll see on the mini charts too. So the 4-6 result on the infield drama asks, is your shortstop gold? And for the most part, fielders have three ratings. They're either gold or iron or neutral. And gold would be, obviously, you know, gold gloves, right? So is my shortstop gold? Yes. If he is, he makes a quick recovery from a booted ball. The batter is barely thrown out at first. Otherwise meaning not gold, the batter is safe at first on an error. And this is where most of your errors are going to get generated from, is from this chart. But not everything on this chart leads to it, either an error or non-error result. Sometimes it's going to just be, um, are they able to make a play or is it going to be a hit, right? Because sometimes it's um, like a maybe like a screeching line drive, and if the fielder's good enough, maybe they'll make the play on that line drive and get the out. Otherwise, it's going to get past them for a base hit. So you're going to, you're going to read the results basically the same way there. Um, in the outfield portion, uh, again, you're going to see how it's going to play out there. And um, mostly it's going to either be a line drive, which typically will test the speed of the outfielder, or it's going to be a fly ball, uh, and that will generally be more on the glove of the fielder. Uh, there are a couple of drama results that are just hits no matter what, and then it's a question of, again, does the fielder make an error? And if they do, that probably means extra bases for everybody, including the batter. With the plate drama... What you're looking at here is mostly testing the pitchers and the catchers. For the catchers, you're testing their fielding ability. And for the pitchers, you're testing mostly how accurate they are on their pitches. Uh, so typically, it's testing either their control or wildness. And these are the things that will generate wild pitches and pass balls. Um, obviously if it's a ball in the dirt, you know, that's pretty much what the narrative is here for plate drama. It's either a ball in the dirt or a ball that's out way outside the strike zone. And how much is either the, what are the chances that the pitcher is going to throw that type of pitch testing their ability or how good is the catcher and able to, you know, make sure that that play doesn't turn into a negative result for the team. So that's basically how these charts work. Um, and there's a lot of the same narrative that we saw in the main charts that carries over, especially for infield and outfield drama. Plate drama is strictly going to be base advancement, um, depending on whether or not the fielder, or the catcher, or the pitcher can make the play. I'll give you one example from the plate drama here. Uh, uh, two, four. I'll give you two of them. So two, four. Uh, wild pitcher. Is the pitcher wild? If they are, a fastball careens beyond the catcher for a wild pitch. Otherwise, it's high and outside for a ball. 
So that that with that you get the description. So wild pitcher throws a fastball, loses control of it. It's way outside the strike zone. Catcher's unable to get to the ball. But if he's not wild, it's still an outside pitch, but it's within range of the catcher, and catcher's able to make that stab and and keep it yeah from being a wild pitch. Uh, similar play here is um, four five. Is the catcher gold? Uh, if they are, they make a quick recovery on a scrubbed ball in the dirt, and it's a strike. Otherwise, they lose the pitch in the dirt, and it's a pass ball. So you can kind of get the narrative there. There are a couple of results on the plate drama that also test the catcher's ability to track down like a foul ball, and that might lead to an out, or it might lead to uh, like uh, just another pitch. And a lot of times with the plate drama, you know, and actually with all these drama plays, what we're starting to see is a momentum shift type of a play. For the most part, there's a chance, and I think every, yeah, pretty much every single outcome on this chart has an opportunity to go to another chart. And it's usually one of the mini charts, or in the case of the plate drama, it could take you to one of the unusual results charts. So as you're going through the drama charts, especially on the infield and outfield drama, there are two possible, there's three possible outcomes here. Um, a play or non-play by the fielder could lead to a chemistry result. And those are gonna be seen in purple, just like they were on the main chart. It could also lead to an experience check and that Again, similar to that's going to be in red, similar to the way it is on the main chart. The outfield drama has the same opportunities. So let's read through an example of what that looks like. Uh, for 3-4 on the infield drama chart, we have, is the third baseman gold? If they are, they make a diving stop of a grounder headed to left field and make the throw for the ground out. Now, on a lead die three, that could be a force out. Ground out is written in purple. So in this case, uh, and, and otherwise it would be a base hit. So a great play by a third baseman is able to save a hit because they prevented that base hit. They make the big out, and it's a possible momentum shift for the teams. Uh, I would envision this kind of like with third baseman gold, thinking about like Brooks Robinson or something, making a great stop on a diver, diving stop, you know, maybe off the foul line there, getting up, turn, spins, makes the throw to second, gets the force out. And now all of a sudden we're, we have a chemistry check. So, and we'll talk about those mini charts in a little bit, but chemistry now we're going to test to see how do the teams respond to this big moment. And, and a lot of the drama results for both plate drama, infield and outfield drama all lead to that kind of idea of, hey, let's test the chemistry of the teams and see how they respond to this event. There are also a couple of places where we are going to test the experience. So in this case, let's look at, you know, uh, that same one we talked about before, 4-6, shortstop gold. Uh, quick recovery from a booted ball, batter barely thrown out at first. And out at first is a chemistry check. So in this case, hard ball hit towards the shortstop. They, they're able, they boot it a little bit, but they make a quick recovery. Chemistry check. Let's see how the teams respond to this moment. 
Otherwise, if they're not gold, the batter is safe at first on an error. And now it's a red result for safe at first on an error. And we're going to now test the experience of the pitcher and the next batter. And the way I read that is this is, again, it's a gut check a little bit for the pitcher, right? Hey, your defense just failed behind you. Are you able to kind of put that behind you and respond to this next batter? And in the batter's case, like, hey, you just got a free out here. What are you going to do with it, right? Like, how are you going to respond to this? And you can imagine then, like, oh, I've got an icon pitcher on the mound. They have a good chance maybe of just kind of saying, yeah, seen it, done it. Like, let me see if I can, I'm going to just attack this next batter and we'll get through this inning. Uh, same thing, you know, and then vice versa, prospect pitcher, man, needed that out gets in their head, right? And now, like, you can start to see, like, the inning starting to unravel in front of them. And maybe vice versa for the batters, right? Icon batter is able to say, okay, good. You just gave me a free gift. I'm going to make you pay for it. Uh, Prospect batter may feel the pressure, like, uh, now I've got runners on. I got to think about what I got to do. And maybe they just fail in that big moment. Same thing will apply with the outfield drama. They'll have the same opportunity there. Uh, Plate drama has a lot of the same, but there is an opportunity, and a lot of these also result in the potential for it to be a pitch, like a strike or a ball, depending on the narrative. And those are going to take you to the umpire unusual results charts, which we're going to talk about in episode three of this, uh, you know, part three of this. So we're not going to get into those a lot, but... Now we're testing like, okay, you put yourself in a spot, either the batter or the pitcher um, by um, getting another strike. And and this I think of as like the count kind of mounting, right? So let's take a look at this one again. Uh, one, one, for instance, wild pitcher. Lofts a high pitch that can't, that the catcher can't handle. That leads to a pass ball chemistry check. Otherwise, it's a strike. And now, like, the he's not wild, so he's able to get that over the corner and get a strike pitch. So as that pitch becomes a strike, the wild pitcher is able to get ahead in the count probably, right? Like, Or the non-wild pitcher. The wild pitcher's throwing a ball, falling a little bit behind, and now he's in a little bit of a pressure spot because chances are there was a runner on base and they're able to move up into scoring position or closer to home plate. So that's a little bit of how the narrative is built there. And we'll talk more about some of those charts in a little bit. Now, again, we talked about how this is going to help generate errors. And um, it's a lot about like, in a lot of cases, we're testing different abilities. So one of the things with History Maker Baseball is that you only get like one rating. You're not rated for throwing uh, like an outfielder, right? You're not rated for like your ability to get to balls and stuff. You're rated just basically on defense overall. So <clears throat> with the catchers, you see a couple of different things here with their ratings. Uh, on the main chart, there was a couple of results that help us see like for the catchers, are they good at framing pitches, right? There's a couple of outcomes on the main chart that talk about, you know, a gold catcher gets a strikeout. Uh, iron catcher has a ball, like a, a walk. 
Here we see it taken a little bit further here, right? Now we see a gold catcher may be able to track a foul ball or may be able to protect a, a wild pitch. Um, for the outfielders, <clears throat> we're mostly seeing their ability to track down fly balls. Uh, speed becomes a factor. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. So you can see here, for instance, 2-6 on the outfield drama chart says, is your center fielder stoic? Slow outfielder, slow center fielder, in fact. They dive for a fast-fading fly ball, but they can't make the play, and it's a single. Otherwise, they make the grab for the out. So do they have that extra step to be able to get to a line drive or a fly ball? Uh, and and that helps us see that narrative play out too. Like, I want – so generally you start thinking strategically, okay, I want not only good outfielders but faster outfielders if there's a chance for that. Um, and that's partly how you'll play that. <clears throat> there are a couple places where they're going to also – test to see like hey a gold outfielder can make the play everybody else is going to allow a hit but there's also some opportunities in the outfield drama for the hit leads also if there's an iron outfielder not only is it a hit but they're probably going to fumble the ball out there and give up an extra base so there's a couple places where there's an opportunity to check that as well so sometimes you're testing both results um, and another great example is on the infield drama chart uh the one two result first asks if the shortstop is iron that can lead to the chemistry result the second result on that same one asks if the shortstop is gold and in this case they instead of making a two base error like the iron shortstop would they're going to make the out but if you're a neutral shortstop which is the third option on that result now you're going to have them safe at first in, on an error. Uh, and the way I see that one playing out for the most part is it's a really tough chance for the fielder. And most fielders are going to bobble it and they're not going to, you know, make the play. Um, you know, not necessarily having a range into the hole or anything, but probably like an awkward hop towards them. Uh, and this one just eats up the fielder for the most part. But the gold shortstop makes that play. They react well to a ball that bounces, you know, off the fringe of the grass or something like that. And they're able to quickly turn it around and make the play. The iron shortstop tries to do too much. And not only do they fumble the ball, but now they're trying desperately to try to get the out. And now they throw it away as well. So, and that's what leads to that two base error. So that's a little bit of how that narrative can play out there on that drama chart. So let's turn now, and I'm going over to pages like six and seven in the book and talk a little bit about these mini charts that are in the book as well. Uh, there's three type, there's three mini charts, uh, and all of these use the two die roll. Uh, the first ones are is the right now chart, which is going to test like everybody's reaction, uh, batter and pitcher, really, reaction in the moment. Uh, maybe something just triggered that put us on this chart, and we want to see like how they respond to that exact moment. Uh, typically, it's going to either be uh, from – these are typically going to come from the main chart. Uh, there's no way to get there from the drama chart. Let me just make sure. Yeah. 
So from the main chart, there's a couple of places where there's a hit that brings you to the right now chart. And there's a couple of places where it's a strikeout that brings you to the main chart. And that's going to quickly put us in a situation where, you know, if it's after a strikeout, the pitcher's got a little lift, little adrenaline going, they're ready for the moment, right? Uh, if it's a single, maybe that pitcher's reacted negatively. And now the batter is all based on like, how did they do in their last at bat? Or are they one of your predetermined, like hot and cold batters for the game? So it's really a check against the pitcher to see how they react to the moment um, with either the lift of the strikeout or the hit that they just gave up and their chance to respond. There are a couple of these results on the right now that will push it back to those drama charts that we talked about. Uh, but for the most part, it's basically just going to test out their ability here. So let's read like one or two of these, uh, one batter one. Here's if you have a hot batter at the plate on 2-4. Hot batter, yes. Reaches for the outside pitch and connects on a bloop single over shortstop. Otherwise, they're going to fly out to left field. So taking a tough pitch, doing something with it, getting the hit, getting it to just drop in. Now, if they're a cold uh, batter, you know, that, then it would be uh, like on 4-5. Cold batter swings and misses, and it's a strikeout. And if it's not the third out, the next batter is going to strike out too. So the cold batter kind of puts the team into a temporary slump, and the pitcher can take advantage of it. Uh, let's look at one for a hot pitcher. Um you know, hot pitcher on 1-6 fools the batter into swinging at an outside pitch, and it's an easy ground out to shortstop. Otherwise, the batter gets a single, and that actually could be a delta result. So that single could end up being maybe a double or something else, depending on the batter. And if they're a cold pitcher, um, misses the outside corner. This is on 3-6. Misses the outside corner, and the batter connects for a driving single past the third baseman. Otherwise, they're not cold. They get a pop out to the catcher. So again, testing mostly the pitcher in the moment because they're the ones who typically have that quick reaction here. Um, but depending on what the batter did in a previous at bat, they're going to bring that to the plate now as well. Uh, and a lot of times you're going to have batters who are neutral and they're just going to wait for the outcome here. There are times that this can happen. Like if I get a strikeout to end the inning, uh, this could carry over where my pitcher then could be neutral because we may be going to this chart to start the next inning, right? And then my pitcher could be neutral. So that's really the only option where the pitcher could be neutral. The second chart is the player experience chart, which again is just going to talk about how much time do they have in the league, right? And uh, your ratings here are going to be icon or prospect or neutral. Uh, prospects are the new guys. Icons are the ones who have been established in the league. And again, testing their big moment. So we're not going to read through too much more of the narratives, but you can get the idea here that icons are going to get good results for them, either the pitcher or the batter, and the prospects are going to get the negative results. Uh, there are a couple of cases here where, um, like on 1-2, for instance, the icon batter, draws on their experience, and they launch a highlight reel blast to left field, and that's going to put us on a micro chart, which we'll talk about next time. 
and that's a fence result. And if they're not the icon batter, it's going to be a strikeout, and that's going to put us on the right now chart. So an opportunity there where, like, you've got a young batter or maybe not even just, like, an experienced batter, and they're going to end up striking out, and now all of a sudden it's going to go to the right now chart, and the pitcher's going to have a little bit of a boost because they just got the strikeout. So you can see how that plays out. Our third chart is the chemistry chart, and this is the one that we saw a lot of action being driven to here from the drama charts as well. And this is testing that chemistry role that you do at the beginning of the game. You know, is my team harmonic or is my team dissonant? And this can really be like one of those, this is really the momentum swinging type plays here. A lot of these are, right? This is all about momentum here. And the chemistry chart is really going to test like, hey, if your team is not in a great mood overall, like this is where this could show up and really hurt you. Or if your team is in good spirits, they're able to overcome adversity and they're going to have some good results populate here on this chemistry chart. Uh, again, there's a couple of results just like we saw in the experience chart that will lead us back to the right now chart. Uh, one good and one bad. In this case, there's also a couple of these that lead us back to the drama chart. So there are times where you can actually have like a series of results and almost go through almost the entire half inning without really ever getting to like the main chart at times because you'll just like be bouncing between some of these uh, mini charts and stuff. And that's really an interesting dynamic for this game is that it not always driven off the main chart, right? Like. We, we would have gotten here more than likely unless we're using strategy cards, which is a different story. But we can we will eventually have to get to one of these charts, either the drama charts or the mini charts from the main chart. But once we're there, we could actually drive to multiple charts here um, and, and play out a series of innings here differently. And that's what's really interesting about this game, too, is like now here we are, we're on these extra charts. Um, and and it just, you know, sometimes you have those half innings, right? You have those half innings in a baseball game where it just seems like every at bat was like critical. Um, even if there's nobody on base, right? Just felt, felt critical for every single at bat in that half inning. And you're like, man, that was a big inning. Um, and maybe the pitcher gets through it. Maybe the team like scores a couple runs, whatever it is. But that's where these, this narrative is going to get driven from. Again, with these mini charts, a lot of that same narrative applies. When you look at the lead die, it tells you the types of hits, tells you how the base runners are going to move if it is a hit, um, tells you the type of out that you're dealing with. Can you get a double play? Is it a force out? Like whatever that might be, right? And that's basically it. So that's the mini charts and the drama charts. In our final segment for this, we'll do, we're going to do three parts here. So our final segment is going to talk about a couple of the micro charts. There's three micro charts. And then we'll talk about the unusual results charts. So that will be our series, uh, the third part of this series. And we'll probably get to that in uh, the next couple weeks. In fact, it'll be next week's episode. So... Uh, this upcoming week, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. I might do a little bit more about talking about the uh, Hockey Blast format because it is a slightly different format. I always thought that the, uh, I'm sorry, not just Hockey Blast, but this 1980 Olympics uh, tournament we're doing. 
uh, because it is actually a slightly different tournament format than ones that I'd covered previously. So I might discuss that in a little bit of detail as well. Uh, but next week, next Sunday, we will definitely be doing part three of building the narrative in History Maker Baseball. So appreciate the huge response there's been to the first episode in this series. I uh, hope that this one continues to help you understand these charts a little bit better. And, you know, it's one of the things that really makes History Maker Baseball stand out is the ability to drive some of these momentum events. And you'll be surprised how often they can come up. But at the same time, I will tell you, like I've had games where I almost never get to either the drama charts or the chemistry charts. And then there's other games where it feels like, man, I am on these charts like nonstop. And and I think the way that that can play out just, you know, one, you can see that happening in a real game, but also just it really makes the experience so different um, from some of the other tabletop baseball games that I've played. Um, and it does it in such a realistic way that uh, you really can get a feel for how teams can respond like in the moment, um, whether it be like an experienced team, whether it be like a team that's on a winning streak or whether it's such like a really good fielding team, um, whatever it might be. Uh, that's how this will play out. And, you know, and a great example was this project that I just finished when I had the uh, 1940 World Series. I The Cleveland Indians had two gold infielders, right? They had um, Lou Boudreau and Ken Keltner on their infield, both gold. Um, and any ball that was basically going to go in that direction, I knew like they were going to make the play. And there were so many times where they got out of big innings because of those two fielders. That's the kind of like response you're looking for on those drama charts is you're looking for like your team to really step up their game and, and be able to make those plays. And, and that was an, a case where they were able to do that. So it can lead to a lot of fun, you know, adventures on your tabletop with history maker baseball. All right. That's it for this week's episode. We will talk to you hopefully midweek and, um, and if not, definitely next Sunday. So appreciate you tuning in and supporting the podcast.